What do you want, cowboys? Welcome to the Christmas special of the A to Z of Doctor Who. To set the scene, I'm here with some cheese, far too much turkey, there's tinsel draped around the place, and I've run out of money. But join me for a special extended episode, which, to be honest, could have just been an ordinary episode, but it's a bit longer, that's all, as we process like a pregnant virgin and her carpenter spouse, riding a donkey towards the metaphorical Nazareth, of the letter S. S is for Sayward, Eric. Regarded by many, but mainly J.R. Southall, as one of the men responsible for the death of Doctor Who, Eric Sayward was script editor of the show from the Peter Davison era through to almost the end of Colin Baker's tenure. Sayward's major crime was, like many people's, simply that he stuck around too long, and under him the programme grew stale, self-referential, inward-looking, and no longer aimed at children. But let's look at his many fine achievements too. He wrote The Visitation, which is a stone-cold classic. He killed Adric at pretty much the first opportunity. When he saw how Colin Baker was going to approach the role of the Doctor, he found increasingly elaborate ways to keep the brash Sixth Doctor out of each of his stories and thus off of our screens for as long as possible. During his tenure, his writing became darker as his unhappiness with the -the behind-the-scenes regime of the programme grew until he threw a complete fit towards the end of the trial of a Time Lord, sensing the season couldn't possibly end well when he promptly buggered off and blew the whistle on the show's real problem, according to him, producer JNT, in a sensational interview with fanzine DWB. Since leaving Doctor Who, Saywood's career has included... Um... Um, S is for Season 24. Sayward was replaced by the young, fresh-faced and really quite cool Andrew Cartmel, who nowadays writes plays and the unbelievably excellent Vinyl Detective series of novels from Titan Books, which you really, really ought to make some time for in your lives. But in 1987, his job was to script edit the Sylvester McCoy era. As he joined the show, the era opening story Time and the Rani had already been commissioned, and it wasn't entirely excellent, so Cartmel made sure the remaining stories were quirky, original, distinctive and fresh. Season 24 was sadly regarded as almost complete shit at the time, but I've just rewatched it, and you know what? I really enjoyed it. I did. So there. Even Delta and the Bannermen. Even Paradise Towers. All that it lacked was a, a proper iconic returning villain or monster. I mean, the Rani was fine, but she's not one of the big boys, is she? As soon as season 25 opened with the arrival of the Daleks, both viewers who'd stuck with the show suddenly thought, oh no, this is actually quite good, and so is Sylvester McCoy. Cartmel delivered exactly the sort of things missing under Sayward. Energy, ideas, originality, sadly. Those scripts he oversaw were often let down by production shortcomings, namely budgetary or or miscasting. 
Season 24 might have struck viewers at the time as poor, but watch it now out of the harsh context of 1987 when it had to compete with things like Star Trek The Next Generation and our fond memories of Star Wars, and there is a lot to enjoy. S is for Second Doctor, the... I had originally planned to do this entry in blackface while conducting a string of affairs, but I was persuaded not to, so instead I'm going to gad about the universe like a grim-faced melodramatic beetle until John Pertwee shows up. S is for Series 11. We'll never know how Series 11 would have turned out if newly enthroned showrunnist Christopher Hamilton Chibnall had got to produce a run of episodes that genuinely reflected his vision for Doctor Who, because post-referendum Brexit belt-tightening had decimated the resources of the once-mighty BBC. To save money, the Beeb hired a woman, Julie Whittaker, to play the Time Lord, because everyone knows that girls, bless them, will work for far less money than men. The producers also economised by firing professional production designers from their work on the show, instead contracting a team of daft children to redesign the TARDIS interior. By episode 2 of series 11, the money allocated to the show was already beginning to run out, and plans to feature impressive monsters or villains had to be cancelled. Instead, the team improvised during Ghost Monument with deadly water and evil bits of cloth. After episode 3, the show could no longer afford new ideas, returning villains, storylines where Yaz actually does anything, or jokes. In the series finale, Chibnall was forced to bring back the rather insignificant baddie known, cheaply, as Tim Shaw, because his ambitious intention to unveil the dreaded Cybermen would have cost money that BBC the Welsh did not have in their coffers. A New Year's Day episode was filmed, but due to further cost-cutting, the title had to be shortened from Resolution of the Daleks to just Resolution, because the millions of pounds taken from hard-up licence payers was no longer enough to fund the 11 extra letters. The series flopped like a toffee-arsed Conservative Rebels leadership bid, and everyone who voted for Brexit is responsible to a greater or lesser extent for Doctor Who's sorry new direction. If you would like to help save Doctor Who, Jenny Whittaker herself has set up a GoFundMe.com crowdfunder page. Links in the show notes. S is for Sharda. A six-part story written by Douglas Adams. Sharda is famous for falling victim to industrial action. And... Where's the... Where's the rest of the entry? It's not finished. That's all we've got. S is for Sill. The mercenary Thoros Alphen was the first and only Doctor Who villain to spend his entire life, and certainly all of Vengeance on Varos and Mind Warp, sitting on a huge square glass toilet. Those marsh minnows apparently go straight through you. S is for Silence, the... The Silence were a brilliant foe whose chief weapon was their ability to make you forget about them as soon as you looked away. Um, what am I doing? S is for Silurians, the... Not aliens, the Silurians were in fact the original inhabitants of the planet Earth, who evolved in tandem with the dinosaurs and who enjoyed a scientific and artistic culture until they spotted an approaching meteor big enough to wipe out life on Earth and promptly hid underground until it hit or passed by. But the meteor did neither, instead becoming the moon. Humans evolved while the Silurians slept. 
When they did wake up, they were understandably miffed that their world was now overrun by apes. The Silurian response to any possible scenario that might require action on their part, like evading an asteroid or negotiating for peace with a, a rival species, sees them set the alarm for another few million years and simply go back to bed until the awfulness has passed, a bit like humanity students. S is for the silence. The Silence were a brilliant foe whose chief weapon was their ability to make you forget about them as soon as you looked away. Um, what was I saying? S is for this. Coming soon from Massive Climax Productions. <coughs> ha ha ha, now I, the Rani have regenerated into a man played by Nicholas Briggs. Ugh! What's this horrible green gunk everywhere? Doctor Who, Slime and the Rani. We love stories. S is for the Scovox Blitzer. Mistaken by the Twelfth Doctor as an alien war machine, the Scovox Blitzer got something of a raw deal, as an ostensibly affable mechanoid designed for intensive catering for the Scovox army. His primary function and deep love was for blitzing. Lower him into a large tank full of chickpeas, garlic and pomegranate molasses, which need blitzing, and he's as happy as Larry. Stick him in a cupboard underneath Coal Hill School on Earth and he's going to be royally pissed off, especially if you make him watch class. Silence, the. The Silence were a brilliant foe whose chief weapon was their ability to make you forget about them as soon as you... What's that? Oh. Um. S is for the Spoonheads. Part of the Great Intelligence, first appearing in The Bells of St. John, but soon to star in the so-called cutlery box set from Big Finish, along with the knife heads and, inevitably, the fork heads. S is for So Vile a Sin. We haven't got it. It's not finished yet. S is for The Silence. The Silence were a brilliant foe whose chief weapon was their ability to make you forget about them as soon as you look away. <laughs>